Welcome back to another new episode of the Codings Pro interview series. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro magazine. In this special episode, we're sharing another peek into one of our new features of the magazine in 2021, which is showcase profiles of longtime members of SSPC and or NACE. This is being done to highlight the integration of SSPC, the Society for Protective Codings, and NACE International, as well as to spotlight how the new combined organization known as AMP, the Association for Materials Protection and Performance, can best serve the codings industry moving forward. Today, I'm joined by Kurt Hickcox, Vice President of Business Development for Public Utilities Maintenance Incorporated. Based in Greater New York, the company describes itself as a global corrosion control contractor specializing in the electric transmission and distribution industry, and Kurt has worked there for more than 14 years. Kurt, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Ben. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Doing well. Thank you for joining and for our listeners to give a little bit more background about public utilities maintenance and their affiliation with SSPC, NACE, and now AMP. They obviously remain quite active as a coatings contractor, and they have active members in the New York and New Jersey Legacy SSPC chapter. They are part of the PCCP slash QP contractor group, and they've got QP1, QP2, and QS1 certified contractors. Employees at the company have also taken courses in lead paint removal, the C3 and the C5, which is the annual lead paint refresher. And as for Kurt, he has the PCS and C2 certifications and quality control supervisor training, along with NACE CIP1 certification. With that in mind for today's show, we're going to be discussing some of the keys to success for both Kurt and his company over the years, as well as what they see as priorities for AMP and the broader coatings industry now that SSPC and NACE have combined. Kurt, I think a good place to start, if we could, is with your personal biography. Just tell our listeners about your career history and what it is that you do now with public utilities maintenance. Well, I started in the business uh, in 1982, long time ago, uh, with Keeler and Long Paint Manufacturing Company uh, as a technical service rep, field technical service rep. And I was with them for about 15 years. Um, until they were acquired, Keeler and Long was acquired by PPG Industries. I was the national sales manager at that point uh, at, during the, at the time of the acquisition. And I stayed with PPG for another 10 years uh, as a zone manager. Um, and then uh, I moved over to public utilities maintenance back in 2007 uh, in my current role. Um, I've been an active member of SSPC basically from, um, I can't, a long time ago, 1990 maybe, um, actually probably before that, I was the Keeler and Long corporate representative to um, SSPC and we participated in the annual conference every year and trade shows. Um, and then um, I have since uh, I came to work for Public Utilities Maintenance again been the um, SSP or the corporate um, representative to SSPC and I've been active on several uh, SSPC uh, committees, standard committees, and, and that sort of thing, as well as in NACE, um, probably even more active on several committees. I was formerly the chairman of. Uh, uh, STG, uh, not STG 41, uh, TEG 368X, which was the uh, Transmission and Distribution um, Standards Committee, 
Uh, I was the chair of, a, of two different task groups that wrote new standards for the transmission distribution industry uh, relating to corrosion control issues. Um, and I'm currently involved uh, as a document, pro uh, document program manager um, on, uh, on the re, uh, revision updating of those standards. So I've been very active with, um, with uh, the, the both organizations really for a long time. And um, my current role at PUM um, is both, uh, my title is Vice President of Business Development I'm also involved with, uh, as, as Ben mentioned, the quality control, the technical service end of mm -hmm. things, um, customer relations. Uh, I spend a lot of time in the field with customers and on job sites. So as far as PUM, and that's short for Public Utilities Maintenance, for anyone not familiar, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your company, how they serve the coatings industry, basically just what it is that PUM does and the types of projects that uh, you typically go out and complete. Well, we've been in business since 1992 and our specific focus is the electric utility industry. And even within that industry, uh, we really specifically focus in the transmission and distribution area. High voltage transmission stop towers and poles, substation structures and equipment. It's a very uh, niche specialized field, but there um, there are a lot of aspects to the corrosion issues in that uh, in that particular market, and there's a lot of very specific requirements and working in those uh, on those kind of structures and in those um, in that industry. Um, so we that's where our focus is. And 99% of the business that we do is in that uh, in that focus. We work all over the United States. We work in Canada. We've worked abroad, uh, but we work for power companies um, coast to coast. Um, and uh, we, as I said, we started in 1992. Uh, we continue to be the largest and leading contractor in this industry. Um, and as, as Ben mentioned earlier, as you mentioned earlier, we have the QP1, QP2, and QS1 certifications. So when we talk about that, type of utility infrastructure. What are the unique needs from those types of clients? I know you mentioned that you guys are basically specialists in that area, which can certainly be very helpful. When you talk to them about their needs, how is it different than other assets that need corrosion control? Basically, what are their current needs and challenges and why are their needs such that a specialist like you guys at PUM is so useful? Well, the, the challenges of corrosion control on these type of structures is really the key. It's, it's obviously very important to keep the transmission towers and poles and substation equipment uh, in operation. If, if, if a tower or pole falls down because of corrosion and takes the high voltage wires with it, you know, large blackouts and, and customer interruptions and so forth would be the result. So, you know, electric, the reliability of the of the electric grid is of utmost importance in the United States from many areas, economically, uh, security issues, you know, all all those are, are critical to uh, to the United States. So it's in it's it's definitely a, in a utilities interest to keep their 
transmission distribution assets in uh, working order. Um, and the, the real challenge though is how to take care of the corrosion, how to uh, um, mitigate the corrosion and how to eliminate the corrosion. And when you're talking about a, uh, uh, the, the structures I'm talking about are range typically from 69,000 volts all the way up to uh, um, 765,000 volt uh, structures, uh, circuits in the United States. There are a few uh, structures a little that go up to 1,000 um, kilovolt, but uh, most of the structures in the United States range from uh, 69 kV to 765 kV. So you have, and, and when we're working on these structures, 95% of the time, they do not turn the electricity off. We work on them while the lines are energized. It's very, very difficult uh, to be, for a utility to be able to get an outage, to be able to turn the power off on these lines, especially in the summertime or in the painting season, because the, the, um, the demand for electricity is the highest at that point due to air conditioning and, or, and, and such. So they can't get outages. So they have we have to do them energized. So there's you know there's significant um, safety issues regarding that. I mean there's OSHA regulations very specific to working on structures that are energized. Um, so we, you know it's it's a whole different environment than painting a bridge or painting a water tank. So from that's st that's one standpoint. The other standpoint is we are working at height. Typically these structures are anywhere from 75 to 150 feet high. Um, so we're working at height along with working around the energized electric equipment. Um, so there's there's definitely definite challenges uh, involved. We're also out in the, um, you know, in the woods in the hills and mm -hmm. valleys, and, you know, we're not working on a fixed uh, job site. So it's diff very difficult access to these kind of structures. Um, you can't bring all kinds of heavy equipment or, you know, you're very limited to the kind of equipment that we can bring onto a job site. So we're, you know, we're not blasting things. We're not doing all kinds of fancy surface preparation uh, just from a logistical standpoint. Hmm. Um, so you have to, you know, we're using coatings that are designed for that kind of application. We're also using coatings that are, uh, you know, we're, we're typically coating steel that is rusty, uh, has uh, old existing coatings on there. Most of the time, those existing coatings have lead on them. They were, you know, they're typically um, applied 30, 40, 50 years ago or more. Um, so you have, uh, we have to deal with lead safety for our workers, lead safety for the environment. So there are many, many considerations that we have to take into account for on these projects. And our workers have to be specifically trained with those um, conditions in mind. Again, the safety issues are the utmost, the, the electrical safety, the mm -hmm. climbing safety, those are the, the most important things that we deal with. But the lead and just uh, in general, um, all of this, the, the, the normal job site, industrial job site uh, conditions that we encounter all come into play. So there's there are significant challenges, and that's again why we focus on this specific um, uh, area of work. We, you know, we do not paint bridges, we don't paint water tanks. Our our people are all focused on what we do because of the significant 
um, safety issues and training issues and experience issues that they need to be able to do this kind of work. So you've been doing this at PUM for nearly 15 years. What's something in the early 2020s that's different than the mid 2000s when you were starting out? What are some of the new technologies, materials, processes? What's something new that you're doing in 2021 to solve some of these corrosion issues for utilities relative to earlier in your career? The, the probably the largest or the biggest um, technological change is the introduction of the rust penetrating sealers, the high solids um, penetrating sealers. Back uh, back earlier in my career, it, when we had to prime uh, a coating, you know, if there, if there was two, the the typical product that we use, the tower paint that we use, is designed for minimally uh, prepared steel. That that that's always been the case. The long oil um, zinc dust type coatings um, mm-hmm. designed for high build application over uh, corroded or previously painted steel. But there's a point um, where sometimes they need to be primed. Um, and uh, we used to use just alkyd primers. Um, that you know that was this that was the state of the art, um, and that was the typical application when a primer was involved. But the problem with those um, was the amount of solids. You know, they were typically 50, 55% solids by volume. And the problem when you were applying them over old coatings, that the solvent would work its way under the edges, no matter how well you prepared them, would work its way under the edges cause and cause the old coatings to uh, delaminate. Um, and potential, they, it was potential failure um, points. Um, when when they the the penetrating sealers were introduced, it really was a, a huge step forward in um, in the fact that now we we prepare these services and everything. As I mentioned, we're not blasting anything. We're not even doing power tool cleaning. You can't when you're working on energized equipment. You can't have hoses and cables and all kinds of stuff. So we're using hand tools, scrapers, wire brushes. That's the typical extent of the service preparation. That we're able to do SSPC SP2 hand tool cleaning. Um, we um, we so the the advent of the sealers has really been a step forward in the in the long term performance of these coating systems because uh, we still do the same service preparation, but now especially when we're using 100% solids type um, penetrating sealers, you don't have that solvent issue. You don't have anything working under the edges of the old coatings to cause any or cause any kind of potential delamination of the primer and or the finished coat. So it's really been a big step forward in the longevity of the um, of the um, performance of the, the coating system. So that's about how far we've come in the past 15 years that you've been at PUM. Let's look forward to the next 15 years per se. Are there any changes that you all are anticipating coming up? This can be, well, again, technologies, it can be materials, it can be demand from the utilities industry for certain types of projects. Just talk us through, if you could, what your market outlook is moving forward, and I suppose how PUM is adapting to what those changes could be. I think the biggest challenge, Ben, in, in this uh, industry is the way utilities fund this type of work. Um, 
based on federal regulations, painting, um, what we typically are doing, um, technically, is considered a maintenance operation. Um, and since the electric utility industry was deregulated several years ago, um, maintenance budgets went away at most utilities. Um, back in the day, they used to all have a, you know, they, they set a maintenance budget of X dollars and they spent it on maintaining their infrastructure, whether it was uh, transmission or generation or, or, or whatever. But when, when deregulation happened, uh, maintenance went away. Uh, utilities became, you know, profit, more profit oriented and, you know, maintenance was a cost off the uh, a charge off the bottom line, basically just came off. So utilities became much more uh, focused on capital expenditures, um, construction, replacement, that sort of thing. Um, that's been the, the biggest impact to the industry. And so a lot of utilities, there are many, many more utilities in, in the United States that do not do anything uh, from a corrosion standpoint on their transmission structures. They'll replace them all the time, but they don't maintain them because of the of the uh, the economics and the accounting part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know going forward, the biggest um, change that will be required uh, in this country to maintain the grid is to figure out a way of um, allowing a utility to use uh, to change their accounting so they can use the capital money they have, use the, the budgets to do more um, more corrosion control on their uh, and corrosion mitigation on their transmission system. They're, you know, they're in, in, in North America, or, um, or I should say the United States and Canada, there's approximately a million steel high voltage transmission structures. You know, that, that, that's an estimate, but uh, it's a good estimate. In in a normal uh, year, a normal painting year, a few thousand, five, six thousand of them maybe are getting painted. Well, you know, do the math. Five or six thousand out of a million is not really getting the job done. Um, and in you know, there's been multiple studies. Most of the the construction of the electric grid in North America was done back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, that was the bulk of it. Obviously, there were towers go all the way back to the turn of the 1900s, but um, the bulk of the structures, and they were galvanized steel, the bulk of them, you know, they're all 50, 60, 70 years old now. They all need it, or a lot of them need it. A huge percentage need attention from a corrosion standpoint. And when you're only looking at you know, a few thousand, five or six thousand out of a million a year, um, you're just not going to get there. So there needs to be a way to get that utilities can um, fund these projects better. And um, I think that that's the biggest challenge from a utility standpoint, and that will certainly be the biggest effect on on us or or this business is to get um, to get more work done. At the same token, the biggest challenge that we have are our qualified workers to do this work. It's a very, very challenging job to to do uh, painting on a um, high voltage transmission structure. You know, I explained mm-hmm. already about the electrical safety. Explained about the um, the fall, uh, you know, working at height issues, fall protection. 
you know, it's a it's a very difficult job. Um, you know, you're away, you're on the road months and months at a time doing this work. So it's not it's not a job for everybody. And unfortunately, there's not a large pool of qualified um, people out there to do this work. And that pool seems to be shrinking every year. So you have, uh, you know, that that's that's a big obstacle, especially if if they do if more and more utilities do start figuring out how to fund this and use capital money and or if the government um, decides to um, re um, rewrite the regulations allowing capital money uh, to be used to do uh, corrosion mitigation, um, that's going to be a big stumbling block is to find the, the right kind of people, the qualified people to do this work. We're joined now by Kurt Hickox, Vice President of Business Development for Public Utilities Maintenance Incorporated. I'm Ben Dubose, staff writer with Coatings Pro Magazine. And again, this is our ongoing showcase profile series in which we're highlighting some of the longtime successful members of SSPC and NACE. We let off this podcast by mentioning some of the various certifications for Kurt and the team over at PUM. And I want to turn our focus back to some of those association dynamics for the remainder of our chat. Kurt, how would you say that, and I suppose this can be both for you and the company, that your affiliations, your certifications, and whatnot with SSPC and NACE, how would you say that those have helped the company and or your personal career? Again, this can be certifications, this can be education initiatives, it can be the in-person dynamic from networking at conferences. Just talk about, if you could, how the organizations, SSPC and NACE, have helped you guys and PUM over your career? Well, it's really all of the above. Everything that you just mentioned have been a big benefit. Um, obviously, the trade shows and the conferences and the networking to that, that, that is always a plus. Um, we've met many people over the years, both at the um, SSPC conferences and at the NACE conferences um, that have, have helped us that we've uh, turned into customers. Uh, you know, long-term customers. So that that that's a big step right there. But the the committee involvement, from my personal standpoint and my business standpoint, is probably, I think, in my opinion, been the most beneficial. We've been, as I mentioned earlier, I was involved as the chairman um, of a couple of task groups, NACE task groups, that we actually wrote the very first joint standards between NACE and the IEEE, which is the International Electrical Electronic Engineers Association. Uh, we wrote the very first standards, joint standards, on uh, corrosion control by coatings in the transmission and distribution industry. Um, so we, you know, we identified a real need from, from utilities who really didn't have a, a strong um, knowledge of corrosion issues relating to the T and D uh, industry, and um, you know, that was one of the stumbling blocks for them not to have active programs because they really didn't know how to to do it, where to start. So the decision was made 15 years ago or whatever to um, to say let's 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 put some standards together that'll help these utilities put a program together. So it'll help more and more utilities do. Uh, transmission and distribution, corrosion control and mitigation. And, and so we wrote these standards. We we published them, NACE published them, IEEE published them. And as I mentioned, we're now um, updating them, doing our five-year um, uh, update. And they've been very useful. I've had many, many utilities uh, 
I've spoken with many, many utilities about these standards and how useful they were in putting together a program or helping them improve their existing program. Um, and, you know, not only has it is it helped from their standpoint, but it's given me the per the opportunity to to meet some utility folks um, and help them uh, personally with their with their program. So it's been a it's been a big plus both from um, I, I think anyway, from their standpoint, as well as from from our standpoint, my standpoint and my company standpoint. Standards committees now in the new organization AMP, um, they've kind of reorganized, revamped the um, standards committee effort, um, and that's still ongoing. Um, and I think they're putting together a pretty good uh, organization. Um, and I'm, I'm very active in the SC11, um, which is the power industry um, mm -hmm. standards committee. And um, I think it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing for the industry. And it will be a good thing for me personally, my company, and anybody who decides to participate. I heartily encourage it. What would your advice be to someone new to either your company or I suppose the industry at large? How can someone that's a newcomer use an association like, well, over the years, SSPC and NACE, and now, of course, AMP? How can someone new to the industry? use the association resources to advance their career much like you obviously have over the last 15 plus years well again i would definitely encourage involvement in the standards committees uh, you don't have to be a you know the ultimate expert to participate um at, at you know any amount of knowledge or uh you know any standpoint you know coming from any standpoint helps when with these committees um but definitely would recommend um, if getting involved in, uh, in there's, a, there's a whole list of different ones and different focuses, um, but I definitely would say that would be a good place to start, uh, not only from learning things, but from meeting people. There's, there are a lot of great people on these committees that, that are very active. Um, you know, the, 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 there's, there are uh, in-person, I mean, it's, a lot of it's been, of course, um, virtual meetings the last couple of years, but um, there are in-person meetings, uh, both at the conference and working committee meetings, um, definitely is a good way to get involved. Uh, I would, uh, again, heartily encourage that. Um, and go to the conferences. There's a lot of very good um, information that um, is put out at the meetings, at the conferences, good presentations on a wide range of subjects. Um, I'd be very interested to see how the new uh, joint conferences um, work out. Um, I don't believe there have been any of the joint ones yet. I think the last SSPC only one is in December, I think, and then yep. starting in 2022, the um, there'll be a joint conference. So it'll be very interesting to see how that goes because uh, you know in the past the focuses of the two organizations have been a little bit different from a from a audience standpoint, and now. That they're going to be combined um, i'll be interested to see how that all goes but i would encourage participation in those or at least attendance in those to to uh sit sit and see the presentations as well as the, the networking yeah exactly right codings plus is in december and then in march 2022 is when we have the first uh annual conference under the amp umbrella that will be march 2022 Kurt, this has been great insight. Uh, before we sign off, for anyone listening that wants to get more information from you or from PUM, where can they get that? Feel free to toss out, you know, 
your website, social media, anything that you or PUM wants to plug that you think an interested listener might could uh, potentially use to get started. Well, if anybody um, would like to speak with any with me about any anything that we talked about here, have any questions? Um, my my email is uh, my name C U R T H I C K C O X at P U M I N C dot com. Kurt Hickox at Poom dot com. Um, uh, our website which is poominc.com, www.puminc.com, offers a lot of information and, and, and details about what we do, how we do it, the experience that we've had um, uh, specifically relating to this this work that we've talked about today. Um, so I'd be welcome to talk to, to speak with any anybody who has any interest or has any questions. Um, I have um, over the years uh, authored several um, uh, papers and done uh, performed several presentations at SSP and NACE meetings, and um, I'd be happy to provide copies of any of that those as well that might be of interest. And you know, again, relating specifically to uh, electric transmission distribution coatings and uh, corrosion control and mitigation. Excellent. Folks, this is where we will leave things on today's episode. And I should mention from our end of things, if you want more information or resources, you can of course check out the AMP website at ampp.org, amp.org. And you can also visit coatingspromag.com for all sorts of news related to the protective coatings industry. For Kurt Hickox, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening and please come back soon for another new podcast from the Coatings Pro interview series. Thank you. This message comes to you from Coatings Pro Magazine, the official media publication for Coatings Plus. Join us for this exciting final year of Coatings Plus, happening from December 13 to 16, 2021. Coatings Plus is a jam-packed event with expert-led protective, marine, and industrial coatings programming, as well as technical sessions and workshops focused on surface preparation, application, coating formulation, testing, inspection, and green coating solutions. Visit sspc.org slash coatings 2021 for more information. We can't wait to see you there.